We apologize for this brief interruption in the show. As many of you likely know, the Higher Standard Podcast is officially sponsored by Transcend Company. Transcend has been my longtime provider for both testosterone and peptide therapies, but they offer so much more. Whether you're interested in health, wellness, or longevity, it all begins with you getting your blood work done. A lab draw will help you get the numbers and establish your baseline. You can go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Or you can click the link in the show notes on any streaming platform and on YouTube. Fill out your information and one of the representatives will contact you to get your journey started today. Now back to the show. This is the latest we've ever started. That is not true. I think so. What time's running? 1030. 1022. If y'all would stop being chatty Cathy's, this is the problem. What's y'all, the problem? Y'all over there gossiping while eating burritos. They're good burritos, though. <laughs> we got the street tacos. I, no, no. We did not, motherfucker. First of all, I got you tacos. selfish motherfuckers. I got tacos. I can't. I, can't, I said I wasn't going to cuss that much this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you selfish. That a minute. Yeah, probably less. You selfish assholes. After the last about. episode, left here. About. And you guys went to that street taco vendor, and neither one of you guys could easily text we me. We didn't go in. Hey, I, Chris, wait. We're going to get tacos. You want some? I was in the passenger seat. I, okay, I you can't get, control you, them. Then, you, then you should have been the one texting. That's a lie. You should have been the one text messaging me. Hey, man, we're going to get these street tacos real quick. You want some? Bro, you you said drove some, right past us. You said you need to go mix and master audio. All, you were making all kinds of excuses. I had to do all that. My mom was in town, but, I mean, honestly, she was asleep, and she would not have known if I had a burrito. Chris, would you like some tacos? No, 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 no. And Arun made it up to me by bringing me two tacos, but you, motherfucker, you still owe me an apology, okay? Okay, I got your tacos I next time. again. I can't stop. You can't. Yeah. I just can't. You're not about this. I can't. Jesus Christ. On a motorbike. Jesus Christ on a motorbike. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, they, they were really big burritos. <laughs> <laughs> it was all meat. It was like getting triple meat at Chipotle. Okay, you're tempting me now. Okay, I'm trying to be a better human. Floating okay. it. I'm yeah, just, you just. I'm, I'm, I'm not. It. I'm not taking that lob. Yeah. This is once again the number one financial literacy podcast in the world. Sitting next to me, my partner in time, the one and only, the burrito stealing son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, as Saito. It's been two minutes, man. You've cussed four times. <laughs> I know. It's a. Pr- it's part of my language. If you guys want us to clean up the show, let us know in the comment section. If you don't, let us know in the comment section. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. Sitting next to me on my left is my partner in crime, Chris Nahibi. You can also call me Potty Mouth. Yeah. That's me. And, of course, behind the ones and twos, the man who gifted me two wonderful tacos, the one and only world-class DJ, Arun. Hello, everyone. They were fucking good. They were good. They were good. They were pretty good. They were a little salty. A little hint salty, but you know. So you got you have not seen the movie Demolition Man? Is that, is that my understanding? I have not. Okay, first of all, that that's a national treasure. I don't know what you're doing. Okay. Sylvester so Stallone, mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes in their prime. Okay. Okay. There's a scene where they go underground to where the non-wealthy, non-conforming citizens live. Okay. In what was the old Los Angeles slash San Diego. It's it's a big one city now. Right. Okay. So they go underground, and the man who thawed Sylvester Stallone, because he was frozen for some unfortunate behavior, which was not his fault, but of course, you know, he's a victim. So mm-hmm. that's what happens. It's a very real-life scenario. <laughs> they thaw him out several years later because they need him to chase a bad convict, Wesley Snipes. He goes down to this underground society. Everything above ground is now Taco Bell. All restaurants are Taco Bell. Okay. 
But all Sylvester Stallone wants is a burger. He sees somebody cooking burgers in this underground former Los Angeles site, and he gets a burger. And he starts eating it. He's loving it. And uh, Sandra Bullock goes, you don't see any cows down here. Oh, shit. And he goes, I'm, what? I'm, I'm eating, and then, you know, he eventually comes to the to realization. He goes, I'm, I'm eating rat. And she goes, yeah. And he goes, pretty good rat burger. Pretty good rat burger. That's what we got tonight. Rat burritos, baby. Exactly. Rat burritos. Speaking of movies, I haven't seen this yet, but you guys are big on uh, Netflix movies dropping. You saw the one of your favorite director, and I know Odin's always watching. We got recommended a movie last night that's apparently a 10 out of 10. What's that? Society of the Snow. It's a new release. Have you seen this, Odin? No, you heard of it. Oh, you haven't? Apparently, it's new out, and apparently, it's amazing. So we should all. First of all, hold on. See, this is the problem with movie recommendations, okay? Okay. I need to know the source of said recommendation. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, he's 100% Iranian, so, I mean, it's right <laughs> up your alley. That's racist. <laughs> what do you mean? That's, that's racist. Are you like, what do you mean? Well, we all have to like the same shit? No, I mean, you probably had the same upbringing, so you guys probably like the same stuff. That's highly discriminatory. It's <laughs> okay. I gotta be honest I'm allowed. To, I'm allowed to be because I'm your friend. That's why it's acceptable. I just... But... Um, is there anybody... Apparently, <laughs> it, apparently it, makes, it reaches the full arc, and you experience every emotion in the movie. Okay. But let's just start from A. Let's, let's not skip over A. Okay, let's start at the beginning. Okay. Did you fucking watch Loki yet? No, but we haven't started anything else yet. Here you go. Society of the Snow. Apparently, it's. I, mean, I have no idea what it's about. The flight of a rugby team crashes. A true story, too, apparently. So that also makes it great. Uh, what? True story for me is everything. I feel like sometimes they try to sell you in a drama of a true story because it's true, so you emotionally connect. This is about the rugby team that got trapped in the snow. Is that what it is? You read the description, man. Yes. Literally the first sentence. <laughs> hey, Arun, uh, where, we've talked about this so many times. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure you're doing this shit on purpose, so I'm just going to go ahead and play along. Put it on the right. It's in the middle of fucking screen. God damn it, he popped a can on me. <laughs> not yet. It ain't done yet. There it is. Slow rolled it. Yeah, we, we're smart now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's in the middle of the screen. I can't read the words. All I can see is the picture. So apparently, I'm going to check this movie out this weekend. No, you're not. Yeah, Watch Loki. Thank you very much. Have you seen it, Arun? Uh, I've seen season one, and there's only two seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've only seen season one. Season two is phenomenal. We will be watching that. I promise. <laughs> that, that seems very disingenuous. No, 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 it's not. <laughs> you got my word. I honestly don't believe you. How God. long is each episode? Okay, that that right oh, there is are you're already looking for an exit strategy. <laughs> you, it you can't be an hour long. Many, it how can't many, be. Yes, it can. How many goddamn seasons of Grey's Anatomy did you watch? Five. Okay. How many episodes are in a season? On average? On average, sure. Probably eighteen. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> and how long are each episode? On average? That's a good question. I'm guessing like forty minutes. Okay. Shut up. Yeah. Watch Loki. Yeah. Yeah, I'll watch Loki. <laughs> Sad part is I like Loki. You know, when Odun introduced me to Marvel, he... Oh, God. No, Loki, he told me Loki was his favorite villain of all the villains. Is that still true, Odun? Yeah. No, no, no. Wait till he watches the end of season two and watch how amped up. He's going to come in here juiced. Yeah? He's going to be like, I get it now. Well, then let's watch it together, Odin. Right, well, you need we'll to ask him out. Like, season one. Ask him out again. <laughs> He's already... You know what? This is just. It's so not happening. Rude. Yeah. It's what not. we got in today's episode? I don't. I don't want to talk to you anymore. No. Okay. I'm done. I'm sorry. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. I'll leave a review and get the fuck out. Because <laughs> oh, we do a good job of reading reviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> so on social media today, I made a post on Forbes. Let's do this now. I want. I want to make sure that we give her credit. Yes. 
And uh, a listener who was very kind left a comment, saw me posting on this, saying that she was very disappointed that we missed her review. So when we came into the studio tonight, one of the first things we all talked about was, hey, there was a review on 12-1, December 1st, uh, from this person. Mm -hmm. Did we miss it? And then Saeed read it, and I think we may have. So uh, what was her name again? Yeah, uh, Bridget Z. Bridget Z, I am so sorry. These assholes are not. But I am sorry. We love you. We appreciate you. That was a misstep on our part. And to make it up to you, we're reading the top of the show. Top of the show. We're getting into it right now. Here we go. The goody good from Bridget Z. The moist goody good. The sassafras <laughs> goody good. All of that. Okay. So here's my goody good review. Basically, this is my new favorite podcast. Mm. I'm a female with a small business. Had a girl. Good job. Yeah. Go. 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 Go, shorty. <laughs> <What was> <laughs> Good job. Go, Shorty. <laughs> I look forward to each new episode and can't wait to hear what new jokes, bullying, and great financial, economic, or housing information will be fed to me for the day. Hopefully it's not an order of appearance, right? Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I love the dynamic between Chris, Saeed, and of course, can't leave out Orun, spelled correctly. Oh, wow. By the way. Okay. I found Chris through a Mind Pump episode, immediately looked for his social media, and was elated to find out you all had a podcast. By the way, the Baller Buster episode was amazing. I'm assuming she means chapter one. Yeah, probably. 12 one, yeah. yeah. Keep it coming, boys. Oh, hey, there you go. Appreciate you, Bridget. Well, top of the show. See? Yeah. There you go. We're sorry that we miss it. There it is. Yeah. We are extremely sorry that we miss it. And for any other listener out there, if you want to leave us a review, whether that's on Apple or on Spotify, please head over and leave us an honest five-star review. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, like, hit that notification bell, and do all the moist, goody, good sassafras. <laughs> so I just figured out over the week that, that sassafras is a psychedelic. <laughs> I did not know that. Don't do it. Yeah. Leave it. Leave it to me to drop some subtle drug-related content. Don't do drug kids. Um, all right. So this episode is going to be particularly interesting if you like data. We've got uh, some really good stuff as it relates to the housing market and some of the pivots that we've seen and obviously some very concerning numbers around the office space. And I got to admit, as bad as I thought the office space sector of commercial real estate was, the work from home impacts, the, the recessionary trending that we're seeing, and certainly uh, the, the vacancy just in general, and now with the, the interest rates pivoting and people really having challenging re, challenging opportunities to refinance the, the debt they have in these buildings, they were you know, somewhat highly leveraged. I did not think it was as bad as it is. Mm -hmm. It is it is a world class problem right now, mm -hmm. and uh, by by not as bad as it is, I think uh, the we saw two significant properties sell in Los Angeles, and San Francisco. We referenced on previous shows sell for like fifty percent of the value. Insight and I are hearing about properties selling for you know less than sixty percent of the value. I'm sorry, sixty percent less than the original value. Yeah, or, last traded on or getting appraised for them, right? So forty percent of their value, I should say. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when these deals are getting under in, I know that. We used to look at them at some point with a ten percent vacancy. Yeah, as like a you know that was a conservative number. As a conservative number, like, right? You know, just in case they have a real big vacancy number, let's just throw ten percent in there. Okay, I know actual is probably three to five. Yeah, maybe five to seven. Yeah, but let's hit them hard. And that was viewed as conservative. That was conservative, and then um, not so much anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll talk a lot about uh, all of these things. We'll start off obviously with um, well, a boiling frog. I feel like that's an obvious segue. You were talking about psychedelics. Wow, you tied that. With, that was nice. That yeah. was good. Good for you. 
You do podcasts for a living? <laughs> that was good. I know, I know what some things are too. So I listen to Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Who? Yeah, Joe Rogan. Uh, Joe Rogan. Never heard of him. Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, you said. Yeah, Mr. Rogan. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Trigger that algorithm, baby. All right, so uh, backstory here. Um, I have a tendency not to sleep, to sleep very well. I often try to go to bed at the same time as my wife, but I sleep less than her. So I'm usually up at like one to two o'clock in the morning and I'm usually scrolling through. Um, well, I eventually wound up reading news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So uh, I usually scroll through the news app, but this one was kind of shocking to me because it was in the financial section, which is where I spend the bulk of my time. Uh, despite popular belief, it's not looking at porn. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, why is there a picture of frog on this financial news? <laughs> yeah. And then I read the article and came to find out that Jamie Dimon, uh, Jamie Dimon, yeah, he um, he referenced a boiling frog. Have you ever? <laughs> no, I don't know. Reference a boiling frog? What does that even? I didn't even know have what you it ever meant. heard of a saying that no. referenced a boiling frog. I didn't hear a sassafras. I have not heard of boiling frog. I got to be honest. I I don't know that I knew this or heard this before. It makes sense after reading it. Yeah, but um. I'm going to be using this on, on future shows. I just want you to know <laughs> I'm following the footsteps of my mentor, Jamie. Have to. Uh, this is not me. This guy's been around the block so many times. He's just finding ways to keep himself interested at, at this point. He's at the point where he can say whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> you know that strategy that some people use where they'll they'll hand out like uh, misinformation around the office and then they'll find out if, if somebody comes back to me with it, oh, I know who I can trust, who I can't trust. Never heard of that before. Never heard of that before. No. Well, now he's going to see whoever starts referencing Boiling Frog is like... Bitch, that's from me. Yeah. <laughs> the U.S., this is from Business Insider, by the way, titled the $34 trillion mountain of national debt is a, quote, boiling frog, end quote, situation for the U.S. economy, J.P. Morgan warns. And if you don't know what that means, neither did I. So, of course, I did some reading. The U.S.'s $34 trillion debt mounting may be this boiling frog phenomenon for the economy as higher deficits and ballooning debt service costs could easily become unsustainable, J.P. Morgan warned. A boiling frog situation is one in which people fail to act on a potential problem that grows over time, causing it to become more severe until it eventually bubbles over. A frog thrown in boiling water might jump out. But if the water comes to a boil slowly, it's too late by the time it notices it's being cooked. See, and I have a problem with this because this could easily be you know, every U.S. consumer out there. But it says, which people fail to act on a potential problem, but people rest all their faith in all the talking heads in the media that have been spreading all the optimism around. A lot of that. Yeah. So it's like, oh, everything's going to be fine. The, you know, they're going to they're going to cut rates soon. They're going to be forced to. They can't. The government can't handle this this interest payment on their debts. No, and then sure it. enough, no. So then <laughs> they're the frog that's getting boiled. Well, I think it's more than to the talking heads. There's a lot of people, even some good economists that are just, you know, putting out papers and, and, and statements. And there's obviously a bias, but there's there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of human nature to want to see the positive spin, I think, sometimes. A hundred percent. I had some um, some friends over literally last night. I don't believe you have friends. Yeah. And they were asking me, on um, you know, my opinion on what – they should do, should they get into real estate now? Because they hear the optimism. It's going to continue to go up. What do you think? I was like, oh, you know, we just did an episode about this. So maybe we should go check it out. Who's this friend who doesn't listen to the show? <laughs> yeah. No, they do. Occasionally listen to the show. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. 
occasionally. But it's it's because they, they hear so many different views, right? It's real estate's only going to go up over time. If we don't get in now, then when values come down, we're just going to be bidding war, so we might as well get in now. And there's this fear. Like, you can hear it, but when it's your turn to act and you're, you're ready to make that jump, I get you start to get a little scared, right? More people... More people than not in my life, between the working world and my, you know, friends and family, think I'm a negative, full of shit asshole than people who think I know that I'm what I'm talking about. Mm. And it's because they want to believe the optimism that these people who they feel are more educated or more experienced or more experts. Uh, they want to believe that because they're like, okay, I, I can buy into so-and-so's credibility. But they never look at the underlying problem. They never look at it and say, okay, well, so-and-so works for Realtor.com, right? Mm -hmm. So-and-so works for uh, a wealth advisory firm, and they want more assets under management, so they want you to invest because they think the stock market's going to go up. Anecdotally, before I finish the article, one of the things we said was there's going to be a market correction, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things we said was that the stock market was likely to be overvalued, and it was a focal point for the Fed, not directly, but correcting valuations in the stock market and the housing market. We called this presumptive recessionary economy the Great Correction. Yes. Well, believe it or not, this has been, I believe, and don't quote me here, but I'm 99% sure this is accurate. I think this is the worst start in the stock market for a year since 2005. Oh, this early after the first week? Yeah. Oh, wow. I know it's early. It's only been mm -hmm. like eight days. but Right. That's a that's a pretty compelling start. Right. Well, before before every recessionary economy, you know, the previous quarter or the previous few quarters before that has always had a strong showing. So that's always been the case. What is there this? There you go. Stock market news, January 8th, uh, 2024, S&P 500 rebounds boosted by the Magnificent 7. So yeah, so today was the first day that actually kind of bounced back up. Mm. Uh, but I think leading into this was pretty bad. <laughs> um the Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, are having, the industrials are having a rough start to 2024. The blue chip index is down about 1.1% this year on pace for its worst performance in the first five trading days of the year since 2016. Mm -hmm. I think it actually went to 2005 once it all was aggregated together. And FYI, Arun, just a little fun fact, that's on the side of the screen I can't read. Seems like you did a great job. Yeah, I did a little head bobbing here, but if, we, if the video like comes out you know, on YouTube and it looks like I'm doing the Macarena. Got a sugar chain on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dip, touch, dive, dive, yeah. dodge. Yeah. All right. Well, the age-old frog metaphor uh, could easily apply to America's debt situation, the bank said in its 2024 outlook. It's an issue that has worried economists for years and calls for something to change uh, have grown, calls for something to change have grown louder as the government continues to borrow at record volumes. The national debt hit a fresh, freshy $34 trillion this month, the result of lawmakers lifting the U.S. debt ceiling last year to avoid a default for the 80th time. The debt picture will only worsen in the coming years, according to the Congressional Budget Office, which estimates that the U.S.'s entitlement spending, mandatory spending, and net interest payments on the debt will exceed the government's total revenue by early 2030s. Which Saeed has pointed out multiple times in the show as being a red flag. Yeah, it's a huge red flag, right? So every year the government spends more than they actually bring in. And the only way to make up that debt is you know, one of three different ways. Raising taxes, right? Uh, they could borrow more money, right? Or uh, they just 
they just don't deal with it at all and then everyone suffers right so the way we've been continuously dealing with it is congress continues to raise the debt ceiling and we continue to borrow more god i wish i had some tinfoil to wrap up and put on my head right about now mm. i'm gonna go ahead and throw out another theory throw me okay this is not conspiracy okay this happened this like your movie is a true story okay or hypothetical b okay they could do something like roll out something that's not good for inflation in the near term, like the Inflation Reduction Act. Mm. Hire a shit ton of employees to work for the IRS. Right. And then tax all of us more. Yes. I mean, that is that is one of the ways, right? I said they could eventually ultimately tax people more by it, right? The problem with it, though, is if they do end up borrowing more and need to stimulate the economy by sending out more stimulus packages, if... If the economy doesn't exceed and produce the goods and services to match that spending, what happens? You got all the stimulus out there fighting for too little goods, too little services. And what does that mean? That just drives inflation up even higher. So they got to be really, really careful with how much they stimulate. Man, Jesus. You, you, you see, I'm trying, I'm trying to be a better human, Saeed. We said we weren't going to start this show. <laughs> we said. And if you're going to come in here with, that chosen one man it just it's right there Arun, i mean it's it's inappropriate right yeah whoa what was that <clears throat> haven't spoken in a minute that was a little bit of frog throat <laughs> i haven't coughed yet though you're gonna be proud i've been coughing my ass I, what is wrong with us we need an cold season, system in here it's man. not <laughs> jesus christ He's cold. You need an air filtration system, and I just need alcohol. We're getting bougie in here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What happened? We used to do this in a garage, and we sounded totally fine. Actually, have you listened to those episodes at all recently? It, it, we've come a long way. The, the audio was not good. Uh, props to the listeners that hung around. I am ashamed of us, but yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, it was not good. All right, finishing off the article, the problem for the U.S. is the starting point. Every round of fiscal stimulus brings the U.S. one step closer to debt unsustainability. Mm-hmm. J.P. Morgan strategist Michael Kimbalast. Is that that Kimbalast? Symbolist? Sem- the C is sounds like an S, maybe? Symbolist. Mm-hmm. Symbolist. Sounds like a drug. Yeah. Side effects are not include nausea and anal leakage. However, we're accustomed to deteriorating U.S. government finances with limited consequences for investors. And one day, that may change. The boiling frog analogy. Um, the guy with a weird, funny last name that sounds like Symbolta added. Who told Jamie this was a good idea? I mean, somebody was like, "Hey guys, we're gonna put out a report, okay?" And um, I'm not a zoologist, you know, but this is a fucking great reference. Honestly, there's fear mongering, and then there's this. Wait, what? I mean, you, that that frog looks scary. Why? Why? Why would he want to paint anybody out to be a frog? I read this entire thing at like two o'clock in the morning <laughs> because it had a frog on it. Yeah. They, I, they won. I lost. You saw J.P. Morgan tied to a frog, and you're like. Done. I just wanted to see Jamie Diamond talk about eating frogs. <laughs> but I eat frogs in Paris when I take my private jet to Stavos or Davos, whatever the fuck. Davos, <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I see that video of the guy in Davos just that like was tearing them a new asshole? Amazing. He's like, we need to stop having these conversations about everything else. We just need to talk about taxes. Yeah, dude, he came in hot. And he's like, you know, when I flew in here, I was, I was blown away by all the opulence and the wealth. There was 150 private jets at the airport. And then right. we all sit around a room talking about philanthropy and, and the world economy. And climate, and, and climate change. And climate change. But we're, 
but we're not adding more. Why are we taxing people more? Like, why are yeah. we taxing people who can pay for it? He just went off, and I'm like, God damn, Look, you know, all, know your audience, bro. I'm all for having. I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you will not be invited back. Yeah, you're not only you're not going to get invited back, but he's probably dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, he lost his job. Yeah, everything. His hard drive to his computer, all of it. But yeah, he's at home going right. How did I lose everything? <laughs> yeah. The thing is this, right? Look, I'm all for having like productive conversations about climate change. Okay. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's the easiest thing to hang your hat on if you got nothing else to hang your hat on. Right. That's what all the celebrities do. Like you got Leonardo DiCaprio out here talking about climate change. And it's like, bro. He doesn't even give a fuck. Come on, bro. I've seen your yacht. I've seen your yacht. I've lived vicariously through your Instagram. I know what's going on. Come on, okay? dude. You're not, you're not on biodiesel. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You're flying. Not only are you flying privately, you're, you're sending you're sending them out privately. Come on. Did I hear an attempt for Rune to like chime in on uh, biodiesel? No, literally what say he just said the the private jet. Oh he's yeah. Flying out to conferences on private jets all the time. Dude, he he's flying girls out to his house on private jets. Yo, send out the PJ for. That's what he's doing. DiCaprio? Come on. Yes. No. Yeah, pick her up and and bring her to the dock. I've seen DiCaprio at parties. And I've seen him multiple times, and I got to be honest with you. And this is not because I run in those circles; it's because somebody I knew ran in those circles, and I was always like invited, like yeah. I was the poor friend. Yeah. I'm like, hey, poor friend, do you want to see the other side of life? And I'm like, yes, I'd love to see the other side of life. Let's go to your parties. And I'll be the poor friend. <laughs> okay, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so I went, and um, and uh, yeah, so he yeah, several parties. He always has a hat tip low. Okay. Mm -hmm. and this, these are parties with like security and they're private. Yeah. Hat tip low and in the corner. And yeah. if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, you don't have to like go after women, right? Like, no, they're no. Come to you. Yeah. Just show your face, lift your hat up. Boom. Like magnets. But yeah. But he's not like out socializing. It was weird. I mean, it's, it's hard to relate, right? It, clearly. I'm a poor friend. I mean, I've seen, I've, I've seen you at parties and you're not socializing. You're just like, you don't talk to anybody. No, I don't like people. <laughs> that's, that's you. No, that's the difference. So, I, you, did you try to become Leonardo DiCaprio? Is that it? No, 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 no. Like he made me look normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'll walk around and just not talk to you. Yeah. But he'll have his hat like low, like in the corner, like like kind of creeper status. Yeah, I'm like hey man, it's, it's me, Saeed. Yeah, like I'm not creeping on you. I'm a, I'm purposely not talking to you. Yeah. Like I'm uppity. Remember me? I'm from the podcast. Yeah. Remember that one time I was like that party and you didn't talk to anybody because you were trying to like, you know, be famous. <laughs> yeah, I was there. That was cool. That was Come it. On the pod, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about Tobey Maguire, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next article from MoneyWise. Uh, I got a funny story for this one too. Incredible distortions. Mm -hmm. That's a weird word to read. In our marketplaces, forty-five percent of real estate agents claim they're struggling to pay rent. Forty-five percent. That's just the real estate agents, right? And if you're not good with fractions, that's almost half. Right. You know, another bad sign for the housing market, but 2024 could be better. Yeah. That's the kind of optimism shit we're talking about, okay? They got, they're just holding on for dear life, right? I saw this article and I'm like, okay, I'm writing this title. This is also another two o'clock in the morning one. Okay. This is after the frog one, actually. Okay. And I was like, so let me this straight. You're, you're going to hook me with this clickbait of incredibly disastrous times in the marketplace. 45% of real estate agents, you know, struggling to pay rent. And then you're going to give me like the, but 2024 could be better. 2024 is going to be worse. That's an emotional roller coaster of a headline. Look how fucking long it is on the article. It's sad because it's saying 45% of you as real estate agents, right? So clearly they're impacted by, you know, the real estate industry 
And it's not just real estate agents. It's everyone in this space, man. I'm, I'm thinking about appraisers. I'm thinking about inspections. I'm thinking about title companies. Like, Bro, but you go to social media right now. And everybody on social media is like, look, ma, I made it. I got a BMW. Like, I'm crushing it. I'm selling stuff all day long. Look at all my listings. And you're just like, really? And they got the Drake playing in the background. Yeah. Yeah, Hold on, we're going home. Yeah, we're going home. But yeah, no, I mean, 2024 is a little bit more uh, grim. Just being honest. That's your opinion? That's my opinion. It's going to be way more grim. And I, I I don't believe in any of this optimism because, I mean, I look at it now. The people that I know that, that have been willing to speak to me about it openly, right? Because I know it's, it's not a lot of people get are comfortable speaking about their finances. A lot of people did not receive the same level of pay increases that they had received in previous years. Okay? So I know that companies have now chosen to keep whoever they can feel like they can justify to stay on board. And they have to maintain their certain level of profitability. So they haven't been able to give out as much and many increases as they may have liked or had done in the past. So what are they going to do? Continue through 2024 as corporate debt needs to get renewed. And they see their new debt payments. They're going to have to continue to maybe look at their operating costs and cut down. Can we take a sidebar here? Okay. A little sidestep. To your point. It's on point. I mean, it's not completely distracted. But uh, in the news today... There was a very classy breakup between Tiger Woods and Nike. I commented on it. I never, I never commented on that stuff. And I was like, some things just are supposed to last forever. That's not my comment. That was, your, that was your comment? That was my comment. Okay. Arun, you are a self-described sports aficionado, correct? Sure. Saeed, sit down for this. So it took sports to get you fucking engaged in this podcast two years later? <laughs> engaged, bro. I'm, you, I'm all in. No, no. You sat up for this and you said, okay, let's go. I love Odin's take on sports. Okay. Talk about Tiger Woods, golf. You got Saeed. <laughs> I'm the Tiger guy. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Arun, in your sports aficionado perspective, why do you think this is happening? Why do you think Tiger Woods and Nike broke up? Uh, his career's come to an end. Okay. Okay. Um, let me give you some facts, and I want you to see if that impacts your thought process or not, on this or not. Okay. All right. Uh, Nike, re- really heavy into golf during Tiger Woods' career. He kind of was the ambassador, right? Phil Knight can go to effectively any sporting event he wants to in the world. But he really only goes to two. Oregon football and Tiger Woods golf. Tiger Woods' mother and Phil Knight are rumored to be very close. And Tiger Woods and Phil Knight are rumored to be very, very, very close. And there's some some tragedy, some loss um, that kind of that they've shared together and that kind of kind of galvanized their bond. Mm-hmm. I think the breakup today was very classy and well articulated by both parties, both Tiger Woods and both by Nike. But I think there's a bigger theme afoot. But does that change your perspective at all? Do you still think that the reason why is Nike said, you know what, Tiger's just not the Tiger Woods we once knew? I don't think that's the case. Oh, good. I'll get your very happy and eager take in a minute here, young boy. I'm glad you joined the podcast finally. <laughs> you you addressed it to him. I did address it to him because I want to know his sports aficionado perspective. All right. Is, it your, is your perspective unchanged? Is that, is that still your thought? Yeah. Okay. Saeed, what is your perspective? I think he was up for a new deal, and he he thinks whatever he did for the brand— Deserves a certain level of payout. You know, it's rumored 
that LeBron has an undisclosed contract for what he's done in his brand with Nike. And I'm sure he wanted something very similar. Okay. And that would mean an absorbent amount of money. Okay. Um, well, boys, I would say for a financial literacy podcast and for a show where we've talked about things like a rolling recession, we've talked a lot about earnings trouble mm-hmm. and difficulties of ruin. Let's just play a little fun game, right? Let's just pretend you're as good as Jamie. And let's Google uh, Nike and let's Google Nike spending cuts. Oh, yeah, we did. We covered this on the show. We did cover this in the show. I'm glad one of us remembered that. Yeah. Temp- Nike to cut billion, right? $2 billion in costs, including layoffs, due to predicted decrease in consumer spending. Nike announced it will cut costs by $2 billion over the next three years on Thursday, including layoffs amid a softer second half revenue outlook for early 2024. Okay. This, came, this came after they received a 10% haircut on their stock. Correct. Well, this is the reason why they got yeah. the 10% haircut of their stock. And just to be clear, there's another great example here built into this. A softer second half revenue outlook. You mean shittier. <laughs> yeah. So when we talk about getting a soft landing, you're getting right. a shit landing. Right. You see how the same financial vernacular can be twisted? Yep. That's what we're talking about here. Okay. I believe this is the real reason. I think what Nike did is they, and I don't know if you guys know this, and I would expect Arun because he's all things sports. Nike originally made sports, uh, I'm sorry, golf equipment, like golf clubs and golf balls. They stopped producing that several years ago. It wasn't a good moneymaker for them. They kept the apparel line. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think largely because of the relationship between Tiger Woods and Phil Knight. But I think they just couldn't afford him anymore. Mm. To your point, I don't think that he asked for more money. I think he knew where his career was at. He's just not on the level that he once was. Mm. He's kind of in the twilight years, if you will. I think this was a huge cost-saving initiative, and I think you'll see them pull back dramatically from the golf side. Well, I think, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty going around in the in the golf space, and especially if he's on the tail end of his career with everything that's going on with the Saudi League, Live, and what's going on with the PGA. There's a lot of uncertainty with how this all plays out moving right. forward. And with some of the better players, you know, signing with Live, meaning there'll be less eyeballs on the PGA tournaments where Tiger's at, I just don't think the cost-benefit analysis is there for them. So I think these cuts have materially impacted somebody as valuable and as close a nexus personally to Nike as Tiger Woods. Yeah. And yet we all can do things like think that we're safe. Oh, it won't affect me. Yeah. Tiger Woods just lost some of his major money. Big time, man. Yeah. And we all think it doesn't affect me. So Wells Fargo has announced, I think, a billion dollars in potential job cuts themselves. Right. We talked so much about this last year, about how it would be rolling into other sectors. And here we are, top of the year, we're already seeing massive numbers. Now, the jobs report has not reflected this yet, and it'll take some time to get there. Mm-hmm. But I think you can start to see that creep in. But the real estate sector, like we were talking about earlier, has been impacted dramatically already. And this data is lagging just as much as the rest of the data is. We're just starting to see it roll in. Yes. So I think you're going to start to see this exasperate and kind of roll into other industries, the rolling recession we've talked about before. According to the MoneyWise article with the really sexy title that we read earlier, according to uh, a monthly report by Alignable, and I've never heard of them, 45% of real estate agents who own their firms said they had trouble paying rent on their offices in November. That's 5% higher than October and 10% higher than in September's reading. In October, pending home sales were down 1.5% from September and 8.5% from the same period in 2022, making the lowest pending sales figure since 
the National Association of Realtors began tracking that statistic. So it doesn't sound like a big percentage change, but is the lowest number since they began tracking it. Mm-hmm. It's even worse than during the 2008 financial crisis. Okay, so let's frame that. Yes. You have the lowest amount of sales, lower than the height of the Great Recession, the single largest modern recessionary event that we have experienced, which we know had a huge and dramatic impact on values. Right. Over 60,000 agents left the industry in the six months leading up to May of 2023. That's how old this data is, and that's how lagging these indicators are. Right. So, again, you're talking 60,000 agents that left up to May of 2023. You can imagine how many more have left since that time. Because they can't just hang around, right? There's annual dues that, that it costs them to stay on board. Yeah, and here's the irony. I have to read the last sentence because the last sentence is hilarious, so I included it. <laughs> According to the National Association of Realtors, data analyzed by Reventure Consulting, which provides real-time data on the housing market, doesn't feel very real-time. <laughs> Was a little... I got to be honest. You might be overselling the sizzle there. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, so this is citing pending home sales in October. If if everyone listen, if everyone listening remembers, we routinely cite on the show the pending home sales index because it is one of those economic indicators that we like to look at, even though it's backward-looking data. I'm sure the uh, December pending home sales data is going to look a little bit better because rates started to come down a little bit, and we saw that some people start to come back in. Now, whether those deals actually close or not, remains to be seen because I have an article in here um, that we can get in now or in the later end of the show, the, the final one from the Wall Street Journal. Um, buying home and auto insurance is becoming impossible, right? It is. I've been, I've been getting a lot of DMs asking for us to talk about this. Mm. And to be truthful, I don't know there's a lot to say other than the fact that it is happening. Yes. It's happening in fire hazard zones. It's happening in hurricane tornado zones. It's happening in flood zones. There are some people in California, and California is one example of many, but California has a California fair plan. It is kind of like the insurance of last resort. There are so many people that are that are having to resort to that because no one will cover them mm-hmm. or the cost is so ridiculous, they're basically saying they won't cover you. Right. Um, so this, this from the show, so they're actually actively trying to get out of policies however they can. I actually have a, a friend that reached out to me and wanted to get the inside scoop on this. Again, with this reference to friends that I don't believe that you have. <laughs> Literally, the insurance company in this, I'm not going to name out the name, but it's a big insurance company that we all know of. State Farm. Right? <laughs> Could be. And literally said, based on satellite images, looks like you have some damage to your to your roof. Uh, we will not be. Come on, is giving... it State Farm? No. Um, right? And farmers. Could be. Is it farmers? Um, yeah. And fucking farmers. Fucking farmers, right? That's said, my insurance company, by ba- the way. Based on, based on the satellite images, there's tile damages to the roof. Uh, we will not be renewing your policy. And and my buddy was tile like, tile damages to the roof. Right. It's like, come on, bro. So he, we literally fly the drone drone up there. We take images. Like, no, there's no damages at Wait, all. You and your alleged friend flew yeah. a drone up there. Yeah, I got a drone. DJI Spark. Okay, I'm sorry. So you were at his house. Yeah. And you had the drone with you? No, they we, we spoke about it, and I was like, oh, why don't we come over and, and take photos and and I'll videotape it, and we can send it to them. We'll send it to a roofing company that can certify it. And you can send it back to them saying everything's fine. Sure You're a good enough, friend. Yeah, sure enough, we did that. And guess what they said? Oh, okay, fine. We'll, we, we'll renew your policy. But he went from 2500 bucks annually to 9000 That's a bit of a hike. That, that's pretty much saying we don't want your business, right? It's, a, and it's because they're actively trying to get out of areas, especially in California, especially in Florida, where there's been major, like, catastrophes, right? 
and we're actually in somewhat of a fire zone because of the hills right behind us. So they, they really want to get out of those areas because it just doesn't make sense to them. So many of these insurance companies have taken billion-dollar losses in 2022 and even some into 2023, right? So they don't even want to be in the game, right? And now what a lot of people are opting for is getting, you know, okay, I'm not going to get the same coverage that I got before. I'm going to get some bare-bones coverage, just enough to meet the minimum from my lender, yep. right? I'm not going to get any of the personal property stuff. I'm just going to make sure I, I can cover the house, some some basic fire damage, and then that's it. I read a fascinating article um, about an older gentleman in Los Angeles who, and I don't know why they picked him, but he was the poster boy for this. He owned his home in cash. He is retired, you know, retirement age, and he didn't have hazard insurance. Mm -hmm. And he openly admitted, like, if this thing burned down, I would not be able to rebuild it. Yeah. But the cost of insurance is so cost prohibitive, I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, he was going to roll the dice. And a lot of... This idea has been floated around on social media, and people need to understand that, no, you can't just not, you know, have insurance on your home. This gentleman was able to do that because he owned the home in cash, as you said. Which is becoming, so keep, we talked about this in the show before, 40% of homes are owned, are owned in cash. Free and clear. Free yes. and clear. Yeah, so I would venture, and I don't know the data on this, I would love to look into it, but I would venture to guess there is a significant portion of that that does not have Hazard insurance. Oh, especially now with, with what these premiums are. I mean, here's some excerpts from the from the article that I thought were really interesting. So U.S. property casualty insurers who issue home and auto policies racked up $32.2 billion in net underwriting losses in the first nine months of 2023. $32.2 wow. $32 billion, right? That's a lot. Um, let's see. That's $7.6 billion worse and in the same period a year earlier, according to December report by a ratings firm, AM Best. Right? And AM Best is kind of like the upper echelon of rating services for the insurance industry. So their ratings do, yeah. do carry weight. And They're you need to be standard. careful, right? You, if, you do, if you do own your home, uh, you, need, you, you have to absolutely get coverage on your home. Otherwise, your lender can force place insurance, which will make it 10 times worse for you. And that is very costly. And, you know, we've, we've had to do that on multiple occasions. And I got to tell you, it's never fun. Yeah. Never fun. Because the that's when your lender just gets to decide your coverage for you. And, and now they have to make sure that they meet all the requirements. Uh, what's what's been pulled up here? Homeowners rolling the dice on uh, catastrophe and other risks. At, at the same time, 12% of homeowners in the U.S. do not have home insurance, according to a 2023 survey. Wow. Yeah, I believe that. That sounds about right. Um, desperate time, man. Calls for, calls for desperate measures. Yeah, well. We are experts in knowing desperation. Speaking of which, let's play a little game. Let's a little play. game of uh, truth or dare. Truth or dare? Nah, I just like saying dare. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Arun, I'm going to give you two scenarios, okay? Okay. One of them is true, and one of them is, one of them is not true. All right? You get to pick which one you think is true. Okay. It's not All the way right. this game is played, by the way. I know. The game is played, <laughs> you say three statements, and you have to find out which one is not true. Well, I can't think of a third one. <laughs> Come on, you're so good. I'm not that You're talented. a podcast host, bro. I, I am a podcast co-host. No, I'm the co-host. I'm the co-host. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> if we I'm all co-host it together, we do it at the same time. I'm that baby's daddy. No, I'm not baby. I'm baby. <laughs> I'm the baby. <laughs> <laughs> didn't think I was going to know that, did you? Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, so, scenario one. The current 
seating, seated, seating, sat. Fuck, I don't know. The current president of the National Association of Realtors. Sitting. Uh, sitting. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Newly appointed. Uh, she's, uh, she decided she was going to speak out against the current lawsuit and said that she was not afraid of losing on appeal and that she believed the National Association of Realtors will come out stronger on the other side. Scenario one. Scenario two, the current sitting president of the National Association of Realtors, now the third in a row, uh, stepped down because she received blackmail threats uh, regarding something that unrelated to her job on a personal matter, and uh, she decided to step down. Hmm. I know we covered her a few weeks ago. Would you, what did you cover her with? <laughs> Christopher. What? Uh, we're cleaning up the show, man. Content. He cleaned See, this is the problem. You're dirty. I'm not. I say stuff, and then you get this. You know, so I have to figure out window. which one's a lie? Yeah, which one of those is not true? I thought, see, if we had a third yeah. option, he'd be very confused. Um, <laughs> I'll go with the second one, the blackmail. Is not true or true? Is not true. Unfortunately, ooh, you were incorrect, sir. Yeah. The price yes. is wrong. The price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> what did I not win? <laughs> yeah, you did not win another burrito. Yeah. Um, which you'll probably get and not tell me anyway. Uh, yeah, she resigned uh, today because. Uh, what does this mean? It's interesting. So you admit to resigning because of blackmail. You say it was of a personal nature that had nothing to do with your job when you several years ago and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm like. First of all, this is a terrible development for National Association of Realtors. They, they've, this is a third president. In the kids like years. to call this a bad look. The National Association of Realtors president says she is resigning after blackmail threat. Tracy Casper, spelled with a K, not the friendly ghost. The president of the National Association of Realtors on Monday said she was resigning after a blackmail threat. Casper's predecessor as president, Kenny Parcel, resigned last summer after the New York Times published a story detailing claims he sexually harassed women he worked with. Now, let me go. NAR CEO Bob Goldberg resigned in November after a federal jury found the group and some residential real estate brokers liable for a conspiracy to artificially inflate brokers' commissions from home sales. <laughs> so she comes out and says, I'm resigning because of blackmail threat because she doesn't want to make it seem like the National Association of Realtors is in a bad shape, and that's why she's leaving. Yep. Uh, it's interesting. Go back up there, Aaron, a little bit. Even though we know they're in bad shape. All right. Casper, a married mom of seven grown children, thank you for putting on the right side, refused to do so and instead reported the threat to law enforcement. Is that is that just a little insight? Like, why'd you guys say a married mom of seven grown children? Well, I've never if seen Arun had scrolled up a little bit higher, I could have read the paragraph before. It's probably made a little more sense. Mm. Now, our president, Tracy Casper, said she had notified the group's leadership that. She recently received a threat to disclose a past personal non-financial matter unless she com- com- uh, compromised. compromised in her <laughs> position at NAR. I cannot read. You have like I have some, legitimate fucking reading problems. I think yeah. There's, you know what it is. You feel he the still pressure. blames me. Oh, you feel the, the pressure. You just know Odin's about to make fun of you, and it's the best. It's not. That's not it. <laughs> I, I um I do this a lot. I think I'm becoming stupider. Like not not sarcastic. This is not a joke. I think I'm I'm legitimately. I have AI in the office now. Like I don't write as much as I used to. The stuff I read is like really juvenile shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then still reading about submarines. 
I dude, my my whole feed is archaeology, dude. It, it's at a point now where like it's just. <laughs> I basically dream about being Graham Hancock. So, dude, what's gonna happen to the National <laughs> Association of Realtors? They're fucked. Who's gonna step in and take over this job? I would. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't no. want to get blackmailed either. <laughs> we get enough of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I got enough threats as it is now, and that's not a joke. Right. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you that I don't think. I always long thought the National Association of Realtors had a stronghold monopoly, and they have incredible lobbying. I thought there's no way any of these like fintech disruptors could ever take them down. But I always thought there was room to be displaced from a technology perspective. And I got to tell you, they have never been more ripe for a takedown than they are right now. Right. And I specialize in knowing when to take somebody down. Like uh, people, like Gen Z feels like they're being taken down. I'll give you two, maybe three points for that. But three pointer is pretty good. Depending on the sport you're playing. Yeah, not not basketball. Okay, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um <laughs> This from Fortune that uh rent is so expensive. See, I, he started he, was, he fucked me up. That wasn't me. That was him, okay? <laughs> Arun fucked me on that one. The first sentence was cut off. <laughs> rent is so expensive for Gen Zers that almost one third are living with their parents and new report fines. I like that. I like that they're not putting themselves in debt and they're you know, they're giving up a little bit of their privacy. That's a little misleading. They're still in debt. Okay, wow, Mr. Negativity. Okay, first of all, he's, half, he knows, he's got experience. Half of Gen Z is like 12 to 18. So fuck you. Okay, they're living at home because they can't they can't work. That is true. It does say it's a, a deceptive title. See, this is the, 11 to 26 it, is Gen Z. If it wasn't for me yeah. clarifying the clickbait shit you guys fall into, you guys would be clicking on everything. <laughs> You okay, clicked, you clicked on it. You brought it no, in, no, put no. it in the show. I clicked on this for an ulterior motive. Okay, okay, let's get it. I am a big supporter of Gen Z. I think they're fucked, but I had a chicken and egg argument that I needed to answer. And I'll ask you both, you guys, before we get in the article, you can tell me. Okay, you did a lot of survey in this episode. I've done a lot of fucking surveying. I'm trying to engage a room because I want him to not to go on PTO. I want him to feel valuable. Yeah, we know, both of us not, but I want him to no, feel that way. He, yeah. his, his, his input is appreciated. I am going on PTO in a month. Fuck, where now? What? Madagascar? Sacramento. Might as well be Madagascar. My sister-in-law is getting engaged. Oh, congratulations. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, Does that cool. mean you can't work? <laughs> for one whole week. Wait, hold week. on. Hold on. You work remote for your nine to five. You can work remote at your five to nine. I'm just saying you go to an office while you're there, right? Yeah. How many burritos are you eating that time? Stop, bro. It's a valid question. Are you eating a burrito at lunch? I've actually been eating clean since uh, January Great. 1st. So do you pack a lunch and then take it to the office and then eat lunch at the office? Yep. Do you have working lunches then, or do you take your time to really focus on eating your meal? Take my time. Okay. When it's time to then, eat. Then bring a fucking laptop and work. <laughs> Yo, are we about to hire that video editor? Oh, wow, we're gotta, getting close. Why'd you get urban? Are we about to hire that video editor? <laughs> why'd you get... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to grow. You're not that guy, bro. I am. <laughs> I can't be. Hey, for the listeners out there, we, 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 got, we got some finalists. And uh, that's the bullying portion of the episode our original review left you with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're getting close. We're getting very close. Uh, so this article is interesting because the chicken egg argument, which I had, I, I've always wondered. You see a lot of wonderlust, like living out of a van that's been very popular in the recent years. And I can't help but wonder what came first. Did the unaffordability push people into this wonderlust lifestyle? Yeah. Or did the wonderlust lifestyle just happened to be there as homes became much more unaffordable and it just kind of developed in, in, I think a lot of this pair. personally, I think a lot of this stemmed from the pandemic because, um, my dad, who's a mechanic, 
Okay. He, uh, one of the accounts that he has is one of the larger um, RV companies in Southern California. Oh. And he, service, and he services them. I didn't Dur- know that. During the time, they, he said their lot completely empty. They had never sold more RVs ever because people weren't flying anywhere. So they said, okay, why don't we buy RVs and we'll just travel the country? I looked into buying one. It wasn't probably even flying. It was probably just working remote, right? So I mean, there's definitely some of that as well. You're absolutely right. And it's just people were like, I have the ability to work remote now and let's just let's just travel and I and work at the same time. And he said their lot was empty when it went from full to empty, right? And um, I think that got really popular. And then obviously with social media, and I just feel like, you know, uh, the younger generation, even Gen Z, right? They'll, uh, they're more willing to try something like this because they know if we're not going to buy a house now, they're not just going to stop living life. I got to be honest about something. Uh-oh, what I do? This is awkward for me too, okay? just Okay. I just want to be clear. I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. <laughs> what I do now? But if any one of the three of us was going to be like full in into the RV and taking the family and the kids, that's you. You're that, you're that guy. Okay. I'm shocked you don't have one already. That's this guy. He told me he was looking to buy one. Yeah, dude, he's spending like $200,000 on the backyard. <laughs> he's, he's like traveling constantly. I mean. Bro, that guy next to you lives on the hills. He said, fucking, I got hills behind my house and fucking can catch on fire. Uh, how rich are you? <laughs> oh, dude, he's doing Very all close right. to black card rich. I got to be honest. It would not surprise me if you had a JP Morgan Palladium card. <laughs> this guy. I can't wait for him to flex on you with the Palladium card. You know, he that's his life mission. Well, my to goal? Me? To get the Palladium and be like, fuck out of my way. And that, that's Jamie what Diamond told me to tell you to fuck off. <laughs> 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 I want to get into that black card. Uh, what is it? The airport. I want to get into that Since little area. Lounge? Yeah, I want to sit there before Chris and be like, oh, it's full. Sorry, buddy. It's not true. I got to be honest, man. You better watch your tone. Because <laughs> yeah. whenever we go on a, on a the higher standard road trip, yeah. And I purposely do not let you sit in the Centurion Lounge with, with Saeed and I. I want you to know this is why. You can take your Palladium ass outside. <laughs> oh, man. You, oh, you made Saeed and I sit in the back. You do man. not get drinks brought to you. You have to go with the peasants and go get your own yeah. drink at the bar. We sat in the peasant area. Remember, yeah. Saeed, when we went to San Jose? That's right. Oh, they didn't have a lounge there. He did, yeah. Chris yeah. totally walked into Mind Pump and was like, I don't know these guys. Leave them yeah, behind. Uh, is that chubby guy still behind me? <laughs> yeah, he's following In me. I chair. don't know why. Snap, you guys snap. got an epic picture. Get my water. Get my water. Yeah, I yeah. didn't snap at you. Don't do that. <laughs> you don't want to do be that. painted out to be this guy. I don't even paint yeah, out to be that guy. guy. I did buy you lunch, Honestly, though. you're not as arrogant as you <laughs> used to You want everyone lunch. Yes. You're not as arrogant <laughs> as you used to be. You've gotten much better. As I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking reverse diss me. <laughs> Let's talk about Gen Z, man. <laughs> I'm joking. Listeners know. The, the, the listeners do not know that. Bro, we're all villains, man. No, the difference is, is whenever I pick on, on Arun, okay, they're like, oh, you're bullying him. You're bullying him. Whenever I get bullied, they're like, fuck him. He deserves it. Yeah, because you're the rich guy. That, you deserve, no, you deserve no, that's it. not true. What do you mean? This motherfucker over here literally just spent $200,000 on his backyard for concrete. $200,000? You know you're rich when you're taking all the grass out for no other reason. You just don't want to do work. I live in front of a park. I don't need grass in the backyard. Listen, I don't give a fuck how big your front yard is, bro. If you want to call it a park, you can call it whatever you want, okay? But you're going to flex on everybody here. <laughs> front yard? Fun fact. Your front yard has like 45 trees in it. It's a park, man. I know it's a park. That's how big his front yard is. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. 
This guy owns the entire state of Oklahoma. There's a lot of real estate. <laughs> He's going to start sitting here and talk shit. I do not own the entire state of Oklahoma, and I would recommend that you watch a very relevant Leonardo DiCaprio movie, which just came out, uh, Killers of the, of the uh, I think, Sunflower Moon. Is that what it's called? Chris, what you is have what to do is says? you have to tell Hawa, and Hawa will tell Saeed to watch it. Whatever you tell Saeed, he won't watch it. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't really want to really emasculate him on the show, but since you've gone there, yeah. Hey, that's correct. <laughs> he's absolutely right. Yes, that is he's absolutely not, right. He's not wrong. Does she let you actually use your remote control? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I please hold it tonight, please? Or does she give it to you and say, change this channel to this channel? Yeah, yeah. So, Lower the volume, please. Go to Netflix. Yeah. You know what I've been doing a lot recently? This is, you're so fucking off topic, unbelievable. You know what I've been doing a lot recently at home is, um, we started this when Carter was young and, you know, he's sleeping upstairs. We have a small house. So I know you guys don't deal with the struggle like I do, but small house. We, uh, we have Apple TV, so we actually use our AirPods. Oh, okay. With the Apple TV. Why? Just, yeah, you can hear it. It's a little more intimate. Oh, okay. And, uh, you don't have to, you know, no, no noise. Oh, you're, wor- oh, you're worried that the noise will wake up Carter? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But, uh, we've been, we've been doing that ever since. Oh, okay. I gotta nice. tell you, it's, um, you can adjust the volume for each one of you, so like you know, like it's it's perfect for your set of circumstances. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's a awkward. You don't, have, you don't have to hear your wife talk to you. It's great. <laughs> it's like no it's talking. A little awkward, man. <laughs> What's a little awkward? Let me ask you We're a question. Right next to each other. Wait, you guys so when have you take phones on instead of like, okay, do you really talk to somebody while you're watching something? Yes. Okay, then you're an asshole. That's an asshole move. What do you mean? You wait, what that, if you that's want? That's the what, cardinal rule of what watching if, something. You don't talk to somebody in the middle of the movie. Wait, what if you want to understand something, or you want to make sure they caught? Did you catch that thing that just happened? Then you're an asshole. What? Then what they if, will ask you if they they didn't they didn't catch something. No, but if, if you have to spell it out, so you're you're that guy who thinks that you're just king shit and go, hey, hey, you saw that right? That detail's gonna become important for you because you need to know that. You're yeah. that guy. No, I could I could I've, I've in the corner of my peripheral vision, I could see that maybe she grabbed her phone or she you know reached for, oh. reached for her oh you missed it. Just keep backpedaling, brother. <laughs> you never get in that remote control again. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I feel bad. You want to cut that part out? No. <laughs> no. I didn't say anything wrong. Do I dare say it? No, no. We're just going to keep going here. America has long struggled to provide adequate, affordable housing. You're so fucked. An issue <laughs> that's become increasingly dire over the past few decades and supercharged. Since the pandemic, to Saeed's point, Mm. now new data is showing that things aren't improving much for the next generation. In fact, 31% of Gen Z live with a parent or family member because they can't afford to rent or buy their own place. A new survey of only 1,249 U.S. adults from Intuit Credit Karma finds. That's actually a fun fact that, that we don't talk about enough on the show. A lot of these surveys, in my mind, are from too small of a pool. But they'll broadcast them like they're fact, and they'll occasionally throw this in. Sometimes they won't even tell you the number of people they surveyed. Right. So you got to be really kind of weary of some of that data. The next paragraph even kind of further elaborates on, on why that's even more critical to look at the data. First, some context. Gen Z spans those born between 1997 and 2012, currently aged 11 to 26. That's a, that's a little bit of a problem for this data. Come on, Fortune. While it isn't exactly newsworthy that 11- and 12-year-olds would live with a family member, Credit Karma survey includes responses from those only 18 and older. Hopefully the survey was of those that are 18 and older. Look, first of all, I I get that Midwest is a little bit different, and they certainly are out of the house a little bit earlier. A little bit earlier. But there's not a lot of 18-year-olds that are moving out. Yeah, man. You know? and Not, Not right now. And if you're going to college, does that count as moving out? Because you're not, I mean, that, that's not the same thing. What if you get like, you know. Well, if people are moving out, if people are moving out for college, generally speaking, aren't 
parents taking care of that for them. So, and if they, so very, if they can't, if they can no longer afford to move out, that's a sign that, you know, times are, times are tough or rent's too high. Yeah. Um, in 2022, the typical American renter became rent burdened. This is the real reason why we're talking about this article. Meaning 30% of the median income is now needed to pay the average rent. 30%. For the first time ever. While income growth that finally outpaced rent growth in 2023 helped renters some, the national rent-to-income ratio still sits at 30%, according to Moody's Analytics, which is considered rent-burdened. Gen Zers certainly aren't the only ones struggling. Of U.S. adults across generations who rent, 24% say they can't afford their rent anymore. 24%. Mm-hmm. Almost a quarter, like fractions. The report finds causing almost 40% to sacrifice necessities to pay their housing bill. But the hardship is exasperating among millennials and Gen Z. 30% and 27% respectively are struggling to pay their rent versus 10% of those who are at least 69. Wow. I mean, look, we've covered on the show now, like, it's cheaper to rent than it is to buy. So what are they supposed to do? Right. Some people don't have the luxury of either going to school somewhere where their parents live nearby. Right. And they have they have to pay. Or it's either that or live at home. If if the kids are choosing to live at home, like after the age of 18 to save some money, I think that's a smart move. If you have that luxury, you should absolutely take advantage of that. 100 percent. You know, for as long as you can. Um, If you have supportive parents like that, you should count your lucky stars. Not a lot of people have that. Here's a question I did. for you guys. I did. I stayed at home till like 24. So did I. 25 for me. Yeah. For that exact reason, too. I, I moved out and then came back. And then I left again um, before I turned 26. Maybe 25. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I had the college thing. There's some gap in between. But yeah. No big deal. Yeah. yeah that's the- why I look at it. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really count. It really counts when you got a job and you're working and you're not in school. Right. Unless you're working full time and in school, and those people, I get it. Yeah, different. Yeah. What's the question, Ardu? Um, well, how does this affect the housing market, and then like just the broader economy with everyone? Um, with was it thirty one percent staying at home? Man, so I could throw out a lot of statistics at you. Seventy five percent of the middle class, just the middle class, not the lower class included, and certainly they are in this group uh, in their entirety, cannot afford to buy a home right now. Eighty eight percent of homes in the market are overpriced. Uh, that's by Fitch data. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of compelling numbers right now that basically say, uh, well, I mean, make, let's make it as colloquial as possible. The housing market's all fucked up, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and yet you have people online on social media, on on the interwebs and chat forums and you know, all over the news talking about how, oh, my God, values are going to be amazing next year and the market's so, it's strong and it's supply and demand, supply and demand, supply and demand. And it's like, okay, dude, I, I don't I don't know how many more red flags you can have thrown your way for the housing market. We just talked about how many people sixty thousand real estate realtors left by May of last year. I'm sure more have left by you know since now. The National Association of Realtors is in a tailspin. I mean, it's just bad. Mm-hmm. The the loss of the judgment they lost. You got home insurance, which is a massive problem, which again we spoke about. You've got affordability at its worst since nineteen eighty one. And truly I believe that's actually an underestimate. I think it's its worst ever, personally, my right. opinion. And then you, you've got an entire subset of kids, and they really are kids, for at least half of them are, that will not be able to buy a home. They will not be able to buy a home for much, much longer, if at all, ever, which means they can't build their number one source of wealth. 
Number one source of wealth for most Americans is the equity appreciation over time in their home. And fun fact, it used to be the American dream, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness meant home ownership, property ownership. It was a very simple equation. You could get a decent job making decent money and buy a decent starter home, build equity over time, level up to the next home, and that would be your forever home or maybe the second home after that. But you would have this opportunity to build equity, leverage that equity, get into a new home, and live a wonderful life. And this was for most jobs. Middle class meant you had a guarantee to that. And now, middle class, and I don't, I, maybe I'm just being a cynical asshole and maybe I'm just bitter that you two are rich and I'm not, but maybe it's true. If 75% of the middle class can't afford to buy a home, are you really middle class anymore? Mm -hmm. Right. What is the definition of the middle class at that point? I honestly don't know anymore. I think those are outdated terms. I think, and the big issue here, not only, you know, for the Fed, but also for the government, because, I mean, the, the government wants everyone to continue on with that American dream of wanting to own a home, right? It, ben it benefits them. It benefits all parties. It benefits the economy, right? I mean, uh, I believe the real estate market in and of itself comprises of 5% of GDP, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> but the reason why it takes a little bit longer for this to come down is, you know, sellers are stubborn. They're gonna they're gonna continue to hold their prices until they have to bring them down. And where are they gonna buy? Where are they gonna go? Exactly. Where are they gonna go? Where they're gonna have to pay double or sometimes triple as much? You know. I honestly believe the real estate industry, and I'm not I'm not talking about realtors. I'm not talking about lenders. I'm not talking about banks. I'm not talking about homeowners and home sellers. I'm talking about everybody in aggregate. They fucked themselves. Nobody, everybody wanted the lowest possible rate and you were an idiot not to take advantage of it. So everybody refinanced you and everybody bought property and everybody got into this mix and we had this whirlwind of jobs that were created and it was easy for everybody to get the loans, to make the loans, to buy the property, to sell the property. And we screwed ourselves. Yeah. We screwed ourselves. And I, just as, a, as an example, I mean, I lived through 2007 and I saw... Title companies that were these massive income earners. New Republic. I remember walking into New Republic. And this is after they closed down and during the Great Recession. Massive office space. And it was just a ghost town. There was like two people in cubicles in the entire building. Right. I remember walking into Fremont Investment and Loan uh, in, in their location up in this Brea area over there. And this is towards their liquidation. And just seeing everybody gone. And, and it was all the same. Is Everybody... Live the high life, but nobody planned for the other side. And, and I look at this and I think to myself, like, we didn't plan for the other side. Yeah. We're already there. We're mm -hmm. already on the other side. Yeah. And the only way this pro uh, one key factor that would really expedite this process and, you know, bring values down is if there would be, um, you know, a, a higher unemployment figure. Okay. We're going to get that. It, We're going to get that. You can't have Wells Fargo, Nike, all these people laying people off and not have that number rise. And if it doesn't rise significantly in the next six months, look for the Fed to go, you know what? I don't really feel like cutting rates so much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, it's one of those things kind of like, I can't remember who said this, but I thought it was a really good analogy where it's like, you know, when you're turning on hot water and you're trying to get the, the water warmer, right? If you make a frog analogy here, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I ain't, I ain't Uncle Jamie. But when you're when you're turning it on and you're trying to get the water just right, right? Companies out there that are laying off employees, they only want to do so much as they have to, right? And they're gonna to have to continue to heat that up. And as as 
the, everything continues to happen and profitability remains low and they have to continue to cut costs, they're going to have to continue going until they have to completely overheat, right? And then that's when they're going to have to lay off a lot. And you're going to see industries, you know, like we mentioned on the show, it's a rolling recession. You know, sector by sector by sector, they're going to start doing it. They're going to start heating it up until it gets too hot or you get burned. Good analogy. And I just thought of something. We, we can't share it publicly because I don't want anybody to steal this brilliant idea of it. Maybe you tell me if it's stupid or not. Why don't they have faucets where you can adjust like a little like red line or blue line on them so you know where your hot should be to I mean, be perfect for you? Just set the temperature like you would, uh, you know, the AC or the heater, and then boom, it should just go there. Not go there like automatically because you still got to turn the knobs, right? So it's not going to be digital. But you could have like a little marker that's like a little red spot. No, but you know, you adjust and put on. But you know, your seat in the car, you just hit the button, it goes to your preferred seat. Yeah. Or if it's just a button that you you select and it just goes to your desired temperature every time. Why you got a big dick? My analogy, I think mine was simple. It was simple. I think mine, mine was, was analog. Better. Mine was way better though. Because you're, can, there's nobody has digital fossils. Bro, this is 2024. You're not a car. Okay, you're a Kardashian. That's what it is. Your house is that fucking big. <laughs> you're balling out that much. You got digital faucets now. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> no, the little temperature not. thermostat thing on the fucking. No, okay, well, fuck me, right? <laughs> I thought my idea was good for an analog it was good. society. It was a good idea. I just us po folk. I enhanced it. Like you could at Transcend. Come t- <laughs> you're gonna, you, God, you, you become such a whore. We get one sponsor, and you just got it. slutty as shit. Transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP. And fun fact, I am on Motsi and uh, Testafenzine or Test, I can't remember, whatever the second one is. I'm on both of those now. I started uh, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. somewhere there. And uh, it's interesting. So I realized that... A lot of people in the fitness space are not intimidated by the ideology of injections, sub, subcutaneous like injections, taking some of these pills, some of these things. They're not as, I guess, sensationalized by people who know that they're not as bad. They're just, you know. Okay. Proteins. You read on a lot of these things, it can become scary. I thought, you know what? I'm going to, on social media, I think probably sometime this week, I'm going to post what it looks like to actually mix an injection and give it to yourself. I think the problem is a lot of our listeners are not bodybuilders by trade. Mm-hmm. And as much as you might be into fitness and certainly into longevity, I think a lot of these topics are intimidating and the ideology, the mechanisms of actually doing themselves scare people. Yeah. I, I mean, there's I can... a bad, there's, there's always been this bad stigma with it. So it's going to take, you know, some examples like that to, you know, clear the stigma. Well, let me, let me um, phrase it differently for most people. Uh, and this is not really an advertisement as much as something I'm kind of going through my own personal evolution with. I know that people think, okay, steroids, bad, testosterone, not good for everybody. I, you know, I, that's probably true. I do believe in anti-aging. I'm not lifting to be big and like super lean and all those things. I'm, I'm doing the things that I'm doing to be lean in shape, but have longevity. I'm thinking about longevity. Having higher testosterone numbers for longer, give me a better quality of life. But let's just say that you're not into the hormone thing. Let's say you just, I truly believe that longevity in these peptides, that will be the cocktail for the future. BPC-157 can help heal parts of your body in such an incredible way that it's banned by professional sports. Mm. I've taken the drug. There are no side effects. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. My early exposure to MOTC, it's been incredible. I've never had more energy with frankly less carbohydrates and felt this good in the gym. I told think I told you I could have gone for three more hours in the gym. I just <laughs> knew I didn't want to be sore as shit the next day, so I paced myself. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I, I get why these things 
are built for longevity now. I didn't get it before. I certainly get it now. Yeah, especially yeah. after you've gotten a chance to feel it. Yeah, feel it. Feel, feel it. I have a question good. for you as well, Said. Since I already asked Fuck Chris. me. That's fine. Yeah, that's cool, baby. I already asked you one, No, no, Chris. I'm, I'm, I'm talking talk much yourself. So that's fine. Uh-oh. All right, cool. I don't I'll, go on, I'll, I'll mute you. Um, what advice did you <laughs> give to your, your cousins or your friends? I know. I already know they're your cousins. So your cousins that came over yesterday. Oh, the ones that are looking to potentially buy a home? Yeah, because I guess, like, you know, because it kind of falls in line with this article as well. Well, I, I mentioned I mentioned to them what we have routinely spoke about on the show, right? If you need it and you can afford it, okay, I understand. But you got to try to justify why you would need it, right? My thought process on this whole thing is I predict, and Chris predicts, I believe, that there's going to be a correction. Values are going to come down. A little bit. What gave that away? The, the title, the Great Correction. <laughs> the Great Correction, right? Yeah, okay. There's gonna, there's gonna be, there's gonna be a correction in values. I'm gonna be so fucking pissed if somebody takes credit for that fucking title one day. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, if somebody fucking comes out and says, "Yeah, I can't, I'm the one who said the Great Correction," fuck you. Okay, it was yeah. here first. Right. It's documented. But if, if let's just say, let's just say you're wrong, we we're wrong, and there is no, there is no correction. Okay. We're, we've never been wrong. We never been. We haven't been wrong. But let's say if, if we are. Are we capable of being and wrong? And values do go up, you know, a percentage or two. I'd rather know that there wasn't a great correction and then get in later at, at a percentage or two higher than to get in and, you know, it not, right? So it's like, um, like if you need it and you can afford it, great. Also, what I mentioned to them is, you know, the rule of thumb of now, it used to be five years in a home. You got to be willing to stay in there for seven years. Yeah. You know, um, the other bit of advice that I gave them is don't do what I did. I bought too big. My first home that I purchased, I, I bought too big. I, if you can and you don't have kids right now, why you got a flex? No, no, it's not. It's not a flex. It's really not that big for you. It's, you could have covered the debt easily, right? But for me, seems like a, you know, I would cop out. buy buy a starter home that even if you that you can eventually use the burn method and turn into an investment property, and if keep it small enough to where if you were to get a bigger place and move in with your family later, that you can still cover hold both in case you can't find a tenant. And use that one as an investment property. Not that my opinion was asked for here, but my way of explaining this to most people, because I've gone that path for so long that it just creates more questions and, frankly, confusion. I tell people I don't like buying when I'm not sure what's happening next. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, ugly. If I don't have a reasonable feeling that I understand what's going to happen next, then I'm not going to make a move. Right. But that's been the case for three years now, right? No. I mean, so here's what I'll tell you. I it, mean, Chris, back in 2020, you told me not to buy. Yeah. And I think that was the right, right call. Well, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of uncertainty back then. So, yes, uh, he, it was the same with me. You know, he, he told me, like, you know, tread carefully. We don't know where this could go. Keep in mind, it, it's not just what happens to the real estate market. It's also, you know, what happens to everyone's job situation. You know, there's so much uncertainty right now with what's going on. I don't know, you know, it. You know how stable you feel at your current position at your job, so you got to also factor that in too, right? Some of these podcasts make me question it, man. Do you know what I'm some, saying? Some of the language we're dropping out there. <laughs> what do you mean? Someone's gonna hear this podcast and be like, "We should fire that guy." Yeah. <laughs> um, no, to to ruin to your point, yeah, I, I have not bought an investment property because they just don't pencil, uh, probably since 2021, 2022. So out of somewhere in there. Yeah. And um, I have been very concerned about where the economy is going. And I don't really care if I, I make or lose money on the investment per se as much as I, I don't want to take the free cash and invest in something that I'm not comfortable with. And I just haven't been comfortable with this market for a long period of time. And maybe it's a gut instinct thing. Maybe it's not. 
you and Saeed both needed the home, so obviously that was more of a priority. But right. I do think it, I just got a bad feeling. I, I look at all the data. It's hard for me to ignore what's going to go on. And, and like I, everybody out there who you know has their underground bunker that that what if? Mm-hmm. I feel like right now I'm I'm in my bunker and I'm waiting to see what the world does. They might kill each other. They might not. But at least I know I'm safe for right now. Yeah, for me, for me, it was, it was a no-brainer, and I got really lucky with my current life situation at the time because number one priority for me at the time was I needed to get my kids into the right school district, and it didn't matter how that looked like. Yeah, yeah. I made so, the right decision for you. I get yeah. That. Is that the last article, Ruben? We did we done? Oh, there was uh, there was one more, but we can either save it for the next one. Ooh, the office one. This, yeah. is, a, this is a short read. I'll just read it real quick. Because I had something too after this that I wanted to ask you. Well, I want to get into Elon. Uh, his drug use. His drug use. Hey man, I want to. I want. I wanted to get your take as an executive at a at a publicly traded company. Did you Did you see his response? No, you didn't see his response. Good. So you know, witnesses have come out. Anonymous witnesses have come out and said that you know he's been seen taking LSD, cocaine, uh, microdosing, ecstasy. Like- well, he's he himself has said it. And he himself has come out and has said that um, it's an amazing escape and it's good. You know, he's not the only one. Bill Gates has acknowledged that he's done it. Steve Jobs has acknowledged he's done it. Well, psychedelics have a pretty significant connection to creativity as well. Yeah. And then he came out and he responded on his platform, X, and he said, well, whatever I'm taking, I should probably keep doing it because it seems to be working. So, yeah, okay, look. You know, and it's, you know, board members who are who are rumored to be really, really close to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, are, aren't really reacting. Right. But it should also be noted that SpaceX requires him to take a drug test. Government contracts. Because they get government contracts. Yeah. And he they haven't found laces of anything in any test that he's ever taken. So I don't understand why this is all coming out now. Like, why is this? Why does this feel like a smear campaign? Okay, so wow, there's a lot I can. I, number one, he's waged a war against the traditional mainstream media. So these these sentiments and thoughts and these are likely all voiced in the mainstream media. So just keep in mind, there's there's a there's something there to think about. Number two. There are a number of people, if you're an executive at a publicly traded company, and I struggle with this all the time, everything you do is under the microscope. I can't even trade bank stock without all my trades being public. You know, and um, I've gone to great lengths to try to shield a little bit of my exposure on what I do and don't own. But in some ways, and this is not like a, I'm a celebrity, look at me. This is more of like, a, it's a burden. Because people buy and sell your company based on, on the company's performance you as a fiduciary should not be a distraction for the company. The ethical thing would be to not take the risks and be happy with your money. Be happy with your status. Be happy doing what you should be doing, and that's enhancing shareholder value. The question that Elon would probably pose is, how have I not enhanced shareholder value? Right. For all of my distractions, Tesla's price has gone up. You know, SpaceX's value has gone up. Mm. For every one of his failures, he's had monumental successes, so much so he's the wealthiest man in the world. It's really hard to argue with that. 
Yeah, but he, one of the other ones too that I forgot to mention that he takes is he's got a prescription for ketamine for an antidepressant. So? No, I know. I know. It's all well and good while the companies are doing well. Here's the problem. The, the second the company starts to not perform or doesn't have positive guidance. Well, right? th- and this is where it gets dangerous because and we saw this with, um, with Sam Altman over at uh, OpenAI. The board of directors can be held personally liable. Right, they have a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholder. Yeah, we covered that. And their liability from a corporate governance perspective is significant. Now, if you're on my board and I'm Elon Musk, you don't want to get sued because you knew I had an open drug problem and you didn't do anything about it. Right. So you've got a fiduciary duty to the shareholders to do something to ensure this never impacts share price. So could this could this be something to where maybe somebody made sure that it got out now? while the stock price and everything is doing well so that they can't do something about it later. Or let's say it got out and let's say the board has no plausible deniability now. This is out there. They now have a fiduciary duty to conduct an investigation, likely form an executive committee of the board to do this if they don't already have a committee which is tasked with some type of responsibility like this. Or hire an outside law firm, which a lot of people do, to conduct an investigation and then make recommendations accordingly. It's not as simple as, you know what? Hey, man, you're the richest man in the world. Fucking crushing it, bro. <laughs> Go get that paper. What's this drug test like? You think it's like NFL players? They come <sighs> knock on the door and they're like, I need to watch you pee in this cup. Oh, for sure. He's got like a robot dick in his pants. Has to, right? He, he, yeah, he's got like a cyber dick in there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, he's like, cyber dick pee. And, yeah, you know, beast mode. Yeah, he's got beast mode in there. He's not. <laughs> that's not his pee. So he... he Lastly, he responded by saying, well, wait, hold on, sorry. Not even trace quantities were found of any drugs or alcohol at Wall Street Journal is not fit to line a parrot cage for bird shit. Interesting swear with a parrot reference, but uh, I gotta, have you ever changed a parrot cage, bird shit? I have. Why have you changed it, bro? We had what? a bird when I was a kid. What happened to that bird? Uh, it's cockatoo. His name was Tom. Solid name. <laughs> And I'm still very emotionally upset that uh, one day he flew away. Under your watch? No. No, not under my watch. I don't remember exact details of why he flew away. He flew away and started MySpace. No. Uh, He was actually, but we'd see him around the neighborhood from time to time. Like, he survived for a prolonged period of time. Yeah. It was even more traumatizing. She's like, I love you. Come back. And he's like, fuck you. I'm never going back. Not so much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) did Arun laugh in there? No, he did not. Uh, What was that sound? He said, "Is that your stomach?" No. <laughs> um, you want a burrito? You're the dick. <laughs> I'm the cyber dick. What's so uncalled for? <laughs> I heard it. We've been all coughing. So is this like a legacy sick thing? Or what is I'm this? I'm telling you, it's the office. We need an air filtration. You've been coughing here. for a while now. Oh, I'm beginning God. to think you've got an STD. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on with you? I don't know, man. I think I'm allergic to you. You're allergic to greatness? No. I'm just I'm allergic to the reading rainbow. I'm allergic to the reading rainbow. Okay, listen, thickness. As much as you clear your fucking throat back there and I edit it out every single show, you keep your attitude up. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to make you sound real fucked up the next episode. Do you fix your stuttering too? He's going to feed you some McKellen 13. It's not stuttering. It's fucking midnight and I've had like 16 energy drinks today and I'm on drugs, okay? Yeah. 
Not the kind that Elon's on, just to be clear. I'm on my, <laughs> <laughs> Given the segment. My board should not look into me. I'm on legal prescribed drugs for longevity. Yes. Yeah, you want to be around for a long time. Yeah. Well, I feel like with the preservatives that's in the, all the energy drinks that I drink, I'm going to, yeah, yeah, it's going to counterbalance a little bit. Yeah. So. All right. We say we wrap this up? Yeah, we'll talk about the uh, office space next time. Next time. It's a good read. That actually should be a longer conversation anyway there's there's a lot to unpack there yeah and i think i think the narrative of um some of these spaces just being converted into you know residential is you can't just convert all these office spaces into residential it doesn't work like that people really don't understand zoning laws yeah wildly underestimate the cost although some states are in some cities are are making improvements on expediting zoning changes minneapolis being one of them yep i remember look at you trying to big league you know that's the creatine bro you take creatine daily? Yeah. Every day? For cognitive benefits, yeah. How many uh, grams? I actually feel the difference whenever I Five milligrams. Five milligrams a day? Okay, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what Sal recommends. Monohydrate. None of that fancy shit. Don't need it. Fucking selling gummies and shit now online. Gummy? Creatine? Yeah. Everybody wants to buy like something to pimp out their creatine. Just buy the powder shit. That's creative. I like that. I don't. Can extort your money, bro. It's okay. Don't do that. Why? I'll buy. If, I if, bought a protein. If Mike shake. Tyson started selling the ear gummies for creatine, I'd, I'd buy those. Yeah, with THC in it. Yeah. Only because it comes with creatine. The creatine right. portion. I bought a protein shake from the gym at Equinox. You know, I bought a protein shake the other day. The other day, it was a uh, one of those forty-two grams of protein, core like power, or whatever. You can get them at the grocery store. Thirty they, grams of carbs. They retail for uh, no way less than that. Okay. But they retail for like mm, I think three or four bucks at the grocery store. I doubt that. So you and I, you and I went to that convenience store the other day, and we bought two energy drinks and two protein bars, and it was like twenty bucks. We're like, "Come on, man! What is going on?" Just to be clear here, okay, I think it's important to, to because I am painted out to be a terrible human being. You paid. I did pay on the black card. I did. <laughs> Didn't give a fuck what color it was that day, did you, buddy? <laughs> I did it. And for the record. Did I pull my card out and be like, hey, look, it's black. No, no, you just pulled it up on your wallet and you made sure you flashed the screen at him to so he could see. <laughs> look, a black card is here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, yeah. Well, anyways. Odin, you got anything? Nope. He's pissed. Yeah, why are you so grumpy? Because he's hungry. He's editing He's editing an hour and a half episode. He does, he's not too happy. I got to be honest. I'm okay going to three hours tonight. You want to go? No. What? It's... Eleven forty-eight. What other? He muted me. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up, bro. <laughs> I didn't realize it. What other opportunity do you have to sit around with your friends with no phones? Yeah, and just talk undistracted. No, it it is uh, it is a refreshing experience. You don't you sound that. very refreshed. No, I am. Let's go for another hour. You of all people need sleep right now. Why? I'm chemically enhanced. He's it's, on drugs right now. He's yeah, good. sleeps for, you know, not people like me and Elon. <laughs> you know, yeah. We don't sleep. We just do LSD. Let's keep it going. That's sarcasm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to be clear, that is not true. <laughs> that, that, Someone's going to cut this up. Comedic value. I yeah. am doing the opposite of what Cat Williams did. Wow. 32 million downloads. I know, right? I immediately sent him an email asking him to come on the show. As you should. Yeah, Cat, I need you to run a 440 and I need you to come on the show. Can you run a 440 in our studio? Yeah. I could not run a 440 ever. 
I could probably run a 12-12 right about now. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that he did that. I refuse to believe that. That's That's got to be impossible. How old is Cat Williams? 52. He's not running a 440, bro. That would be like Olympic status. He'd be the fastest 50-year-old. What are, we, what are we talking about here? I feel like what we're really getting to here is a deep psychological problem where you feel emasculated by a man who's in better physical performance shape than you. Do you care to talk about your basketball career, perhaps? To, <laughs> to offset it? Yeah, offset a little bit. Like, How amazing were you when you were playing basketball in high school? Man, honestly, it's, it's heartbreaking. What's heartbreaking? How good I used to be. I used, yeah. to, make, I used to break a lot of hearts. Yeah, it's, it's got to be traumatizing. I mean, do you feel when you see LeBron James that, that maybe you got the short end of the stick? It's not fair that him and I play on the same size rim. It's yeah. not fair. Yeah. You know, I've got a legitimate sports question for you guys to end the show, and I, I thought about this a lot. You ever go to Instagram and get like those dunk videos where they're like on like lower rims? That's like half my feet, other than uh, dad. Uh, oh, so you admit to having a non dad function? Oh, but your yeah. son plays basketball, so this is just you looking for this research for, him, to for buy him. him. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you ever get one of those feeds? Like you get somebody playing on like a six foot rim, seven foot rim. They're playing like dunk ball. Oh yeah. And you're like, oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Like these guys are totally not athletes, but they're just beating the shit out of each other, trying to dunk on each other. How fun would that be? Okay. So here's my thought. There is no better way, no better way to improve WNBA attendance. Lower the rims. That's, that's been an ongoing thing, man. Why not lower so the they rims? Could, so they could dunk more? I'm just saying, if you made the WNBA like a eight and a half or nine foot rim. You know how many dunks are, go on in, in, on average in an NBA game? Three? Yeah, or maybe five. You know how many more they'd have on a seven foot rim? That wouldn't be fun. Not for the NBA. But for the WNBA, I'm telling you, man, some some of these W Odin will tell you. I don't, I don't know if he'll admit to it right now, but I'll watch. I watch WNBA games. Don't be that guy. I swear to God, I do. Don't be. They that play guy. the game the right way. It's it's like pure he's basketball. His, he's clearing his throat to talk shit. Arun, it's pure basketball. Give it to him. No, I just looked it up. It's um eight uh, dunks per game. That's not a lot. That's nothing. I mean, that's that's how many you've dunked your entire life. Oh wait, no. Ooh. Yeah. How many have you dunked in your entire life? Fisher Price. <laughs> That's really messed up. What are you talking about? How many threes have you hit in your life, Chris? A lot, bro. That's I was a shooter. About, bro. You were. <laughs> I was a shooter. <laughs> you were a what? Shooter? I know you guys saw the athleticism that's burned an image in your minds. I get it. I know that it's hard for you guys to fathom the the talent outside of the just pure raw athleticism. I get it. I, I know it's difficult. Maybe one day when you guys attain that level of enlightenment, you will recall mm. until then you guys can think whatever you want it's okay i understand you guys are both rich and big ass houses you won okay you won. <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> i'm not doing it yeah, I'm, not doing. <laughs> I'm not doing it for no for any other reason just, just scoring youtube fuckers the rest of my life uh, Car carter five years from now dad why why haven't we bought a house yet dad blame blame your uncles <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody's bedroom the living room? <laughs> <laughs> That's a mean joke for many reasons, but I'm just gonna <laughs> right. you're laughing at it and he spent two hundred thousand dollars on his on his Why you keep you're trying to you want people to message him? Because I came in here one day and he legitimately had a conversation with me for an hour talking about how he wanted to tear down the entire house except for one wall and rebuild. For no other reason. And he's like, 
I think we just want more space. They, they want to turn it into their forever home. Bro, I want more space too, man. <laughs> buy a house, bro. <laughs> I can't afford it like you, bro. I ain't got it like it, you. It would be cheaper for them to do that than to sell it and buy a new home right now. Which, I got to be honest with you, is also questionable. It's crazy, right? Yeah. All right, can somebody please cut me off? I'm, I'm <laughs> You're going. clearly intoxicated. <laughs> you got anything to go to? Also nope. sarcasm. Okay. <laughs> Not true. I'm sober-ish. All right. You got anything? Yeah, I got a lot of things. Like what? If you give me the opportunity to go for three hours, I'm going to take you three hours. God damn it. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs>